This is Why The Last Man podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and this time we're talking about Why The Last Man, Episode 6, Weird Al Is Dead. Sorry, will you stop saying that? You just keep oozing this penitent forgive-me energy. The bullshit was for the men, and that's over. Okay, stop apologizing for who you are. You want to get comfortable here? Want people to like you? You gotta step all the way in, show us that you're on board. This one-foot-out horseshit doesn't inspire trust, Nora. World ended. It's okay to be yourself. Welcome back, fellow survivors. This is episode six of Why the Last Man, and you are tuning in to the Why the Last Man podcast on TV Podcast Industries. Weird Al is dead. Yes. yes. Not Weird AI, as I uh, thought it was to begin with. <laughs> I had to edit that out of last week's episode because John <laughs> had said, uh, Next episode coming up, episode six, Weird AI is Dead, <laughs> um, <laughs> which would be a really complex story. It for, really for would, wouldn't it? I it, guess but. that's when the Terminators uh, come into the story. Uh, but I am one of your hosts, John. I am one of the hosts, Derek. And I am Chris. I am back, but do not fear. I will give you my views for the Absolutely. last episode, late, just when we get into it. Yeah. But more importantly, we should say Grammy Award winning Weird Al is dead. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Give him, give him his, his Jews. Do you guys know much about Weird Al Yakovich? I always wonder how he's translated over to uh, over to Europe, really, I suppose. Because I remember uh, when I moved to America back in the 90s, he was really big over there at the time. And he'd been really big for like 10 years over there at the time. Uh, do you guys know much about Weird Al Yeah, Yakovich? there's Eat It. Yeah. There's... There's a few others. I know them to hear when I hear them. Like, they yeah. just follow the parody yeah. songs. There's, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He takes, like... Like Anaconda don't, no Anaconda or um, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> he's taken a few of those types of ones and has just made yeah. of the very more popular twenty tw- late twenty tens or kind of It's a bit like the divine comedy, I guess. Ooh. For the Irish listeners. Well, no, divine, divine comedies listeners. Are, a, are actually a very serious band. I was actually thinking the equivalent over here is we all go through, we all went through that stage where we're about ten to twelve or, or that kind of age group <laughs> where you listen to uh, where you listen to Monty Python and that was your that was your music, all that comedy songs of Monty Python, you know? Um, that's kind of what it was for Weird Al. He was, he kind of hissed this audience in the nineties who were that kind of age group, the teenage group. And we hear this from Yarrick in the episode. He's effectively saying, that was my music. And my sister was so sick of me playing those songs. She was like, I will change your music taste. I will bring you and see Radiohead live. Um, so I love that kind of joke about, uh, he is a parody singer. That's his whole job. He has some fantastic songs and no, no slight on them. Of course, Monty Python, no slight on them at all. At all. They're massively famous, but they're, they're comedy music. They're not, uh, not considered highbrow music like Radiohead would be, is the point. I would more take Monty Python, not her musical. They're multifaceted, like their movies, their actors, their comedians. Of course, like, again, no, no slight on Monty Python, but I know definitely every one of my friends as a teenager listened to Monty Python Sings, a, an album of 25 tracks oh, yes. of yes. Monty Python songs <laughs> that, that loads of people would know all the words of. But I think that's the, the joke here. Once again, we mentioned before that Yarrick as a character is built around what a lot of people were like when the original books came out. Well, a lot of people who were reading them were exactly like this. So I love the little commentary there and the little connection between Yark and his sister. I'm kind of getting into one of my points, which I'll 
talk yes. about later yes. on, of course. <laughs> We're getting too into yeah. it. But I just want to bring all of our listeners back very quickly to the fact that Derek said, as an eight-year-old, he was listening to Monty Python. <laughs> and an eight-year-old is then... Like listening to the lumberjack song, yeah, prancing around in underwear. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. Well, I didn't say I was prancing around in underwear, but uh, I, I certainly sang every sperm is sacred uh, and I knew every <laughs> word of it when I was about eight or nine years old. I was uh, still <laughs> skipping through a wild flower meadow, singing nursery rhymes with collecting berries and nuts. At eight, you've made up for it ever since, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still collect nuts, I guess. <laughs> but this is not a review of my childhood. Exactly. exactly. It really isn't. It is, however, a review of, or sh- should I say, a discussion of Why the Last Man, episode six. Before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion, mm-hmm. just a few reminders. You can subscribe to the podcast over at tvpodcastindustries.com, mm-hmm. where you can select your podcast catcher of your choice and of course send in your emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com yep. for all of all the feedback thoughts theories comments you name it on anything to do with why the last man and yep. of course we're on all the social platforms as well from twitter through to facebook uh, so please just mm-hmm. search for TV Podcast Industries on the... Just not on TikTok. We're not there. Uh, you can also select your uh, the show that you want to listen to as well. We've just finished um, Marvel's What If, uh, the, the nine-episode animated series, which was really good fun to chat about. Uh, have every episode of that available over on tvpodcastindustries.com or any podcast cho- catcher of choice uh, for you as well. It's still time to enter our pub quiz uh, for What If, if you are listening or have watched those episodes. We have uh, nine questions that you can answer and get a chance to get your hands on some what if Funko Pops uh, over there so uh, still a couple of days uh, to enter that just wanted to mention it over here in case you want to enter. Yes the closing date for the pub quiz is Wednesday the 13th of October That's right. Yep. But let's get into this episode of Why the Last Man. Derek what are some of the episode details? Once again I have to mention the show is based on the comic book series by Brian K. Vaughan and Pia Guerrera. Uh, showrunner for the show is Eliza Clark. The writer of this episode, Olivia Purnell, uh, wrote last week's episode, Manhunt, and has credits on seven episodes of this season, so a really central writer in the writer's room uh, for this season. The episode is directed by Destiny Ekaraga. Uh, she directed episode four of the show, uh, Karen and Benji, as well. So great to have all the team back on board for this. John, do you yeah. want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of the episode? Sure. Leaving Boston on their way to San Francisco, Yorick, Ampersand, Agent 355, and Dr. Allison Mann hit a snag. They are being followed by army personnel who are investigating the missing helicopters. Holding up in a church, 355 makes plans to lure in their pursuers. But relations deteriorate when Yorick discovers that 355 hadn't contacted his mother. As 355 enacts her plan, she realises that Allison and Yorick have left to make their own way to San Francisco. In the surrounding woods, the army personnel, in radio contact with the Pentagon, are taken down and sedated one by one, but only after one of their group has come face to face with Yorick Brown. Meanwhile, in the Pentagon, Kimberly keeps up the pressure on Jennifer Brown, as she begins to form an alliance with former Cabinet Secretary Regina Oliver, indicating to Regina that President Brown may not be as untouchable as she at first thinks. As the encounter to bring in Agent Sarah Bergman is relayed over the radio, Jennifer becomes anxious as she realises that her secret could be revealed. 
But as the radio goes dead and her secret remains safe, she and Regina Oliver clash over the right thing to do as Regina searches for chinks in President Brown's armour. Meanwhile, at the Price Max supermarket, Hero, Nora and Sam start to weigh up their new surroundings and survivors. While Sam, unnerved by their hostile behaviour towards him, wants to leave, Nora grapples with the oddities of this group of women in front of her young and impressionable daughter. Meanwhile, Hero, not wanting to get back to her mother anytime soon, is increasingly seduced by the charismatic leader Roxanne, especially after admitting to murder. So much interesting stuff going on in this episode, I think. Loads yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Love the developments, love how, how, how things are uh, kind of breaking out for all of the characters here. It's really interesting to me. Um, I think we kind of mentioned last week that this is part of the road trip as as you as, as the team are going across the country the people that they're meeting on the road and how they're dealing with this post-apocalyptic world um forms a lot of the stories that we're going to see and, and it's it's really interesting seeing that in such depth uh throughout this show uh, this episode particularly yeah i think this really built um out the characters um mm-hmm. further and, and and the relationships between them in Very particular much, that's important. Um, yeah, yeah. and it, it was uh, really um interesting i mean certainly the dynamics with um the the threesome now effectively of 355 yorick and allison man mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, very interesting and of course you've got this whole new sort of melting pot at the price max supermarket or warehouse mm-hmm. um as well which is just um you know that it's it's the it's the nascent beginnings of of a new society they've already got their own ceremonies going on mm-hmm. uh, and you know very much um, a different philosophy uh certainly from Kimberly and Regina yeah. say in 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 Washington in the Pentagon Definitely. so um yeah it's really um fascinating absolutely before we get into our top points for this week chris is there anything from last week's episode you wanted to talk about before we get into our discussion about this episode anything that pops into your mind from uh from the storyline of last week just very much the introduction of man um or doctor man um just not just a man in general. <laughs> the introduction of man. Uh, the introduction of just man from the beginning of our of, our of, of time. <laughs> um, no, this I, I really enjoyed uh, the 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 short period that they spent in Boston um, and uh, around Harvard, um, quickly meeting with man in the the union. Um, but the I did like the the faint, if you want to call it that, uh, of when Yarick is pulled when he runs into but he's caught, essentially kind of going through the build the printing press building for mm-hmm. the resistance, um, and we see the 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 other side of the resistance where yeah. we we see that they are actually not what the 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 army is portraying them as, mm-hmm. uh, or are they? Again, we're left questioning we did yeah. there's good people on both sides maybe exactly yeah um but what we also see then is straight away yark is assumed to be uh trans looking for looking for tea looking mm-hmm. and i was like like earl gray and then I, again <laughs> copped um yeah. so what happens when you Go take there, a, a, a week break you're like oh yeah testosterone yeah. sure this is where we're stories going okay um i like that i, I like that i missed hero um, obviously, we get a lot more hero storyline in this one, so mm-hmm. that was fine. Um, but I did like that interest, and it made sense when you see it 
when you see this episode, you understand then why they took a break because they focused on quickly introducing all of the character development around uh, Dr. Man, who she is. As uh, 355 says to York, go do what you do best, make friends. Yeah. Last question then for you on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think of Diana Bang as uh, as Dr. Awesome Man? Loved. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Her, Her portrayal is very much what I expect from reading the comics mm. it's that that, that the, the drunkenness when she talks about the the death of not uh, of all it's like yeah we'll save we'll save men but what about all the male dogs mm. oh my god the dogs and where she yeah. king sits down crying and you're like yeah like oh god yeah they have to start cloning dogs now and sheep and well yeah i really like that and then just also the arrogance as well and the the, the abruptness mm-hmm. of where she just pushes the 355's gun out of the way of her face when they're first introduced that was that was really cool i will say one of the things i really liked about diana bang and how she's doing the performances you're right it is that arrogance of her she just talks over people before they finish sentences yep. and i love that about her it's a really great touch because you can't get that across in a comic book no, but it's a great addition to her character in the show, uh, and she has some great moments in this episode too. Oh, yes. uh, I think her first line of the episode is my favorite of the episode. But we'll, I know we'll talk about a lot of that. So uh, glad you enjoyed the last episode. Do you want to yep. kick us off with your top moment? Sure. Um, my my top moment is the 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 downward spiral of three fifty five. Okay. Uh, and this this is I'm being a lot of hyperbole here. Um, but essentially what I'm talking about is how they are, um, in my opinion, shifting the dynamic of, or the, the audience's perception of 355 and York. I had previously, previously discussed in episode four, when we had the bridge scene, how, um, York was the, the, the York and Hero were the, they're the protagonist that you love to hate. And they mm. like you are basically going, Oh my god, why is this man the last man? Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like he is so ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Just get on with it. And then you you feel bad for the the, the things that 355 has to go through. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much, pretty quickly, you last episode we are kind of given this. What's going on with 355? What's mm-hmm. this? Who's this person she's trying to meet? What's this? Like, is this the culprit ring? Another agent? And question marks. And you're like, who are they talking about? Why is she going to kill this person? And question, you're starting to question who they are, what they do. Yeah. Why they're being placed everywhere. And then, and also, then you, she's very abrupt and rude to Yarick. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And then into this episode mm-hmm. where she is, you're questioning What's going on with her? Why is she sleepwalking? Mm-hmm. And then why is she like not talking to President Brown? Why does she, why is she not calling in? Why is she holding things back? Yeah. And then it is, and I made the joke, alas, poor Yark, you are starting to be made feel bad for Yark because mm-hmm. Yark is the one like having to like who is being put on the brunt of this. Mm-hmm. Of these changes, and like he is now becoming like, why is 355 doing this to him? So, I just found it quite interesting to see how they are now making you question the motives of 355. Yeah. Question who that character is. So, and the best example is the, the President Brown mm-hmm. is like she sent 
Yarrick out with 355. Yeah. And over the course of this and the helicopter scenes and or the hol- helicopter being found and all that, and then right to the end, what's going on? Mm. Like, she is like, oh, I, they, and we'll get more into that, I'm, I'm assuming, across our discussion of this episode. So I just thought it was very interesting. We are now four episodes left in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've gone from... In my opinion, 355 was the best character. Yeah. Uh, to now as an audience going, Oh, I don't know if we could trust her. What right. about poor Yorick? We have to care about poor, poor Yorick. Interesting. Like, interesting. I just thought it was quite, it's a very clever narrative shift of focus. Mm. And just by make, but by literally adding a few things and making you question the motives of a character and feel sorry for, a character who's put in this position, it has within two episodes shifted the dynamic. Interesting, yeah, and I don't know it's it's expanding on the characters as well. That's one of the yes. things we, that they're doing in the show. A, a couple of points uh, on on what you said. I really like that they did another sleepwalking scene in this episode because it explained something that I was talking about back in episode two or three after the helicopter crash, where it opened with um, three fifty five walking towards the edge of a cliff. So yeah. now we know that was sleepwalking. I wasn't sure whether it was that it was just part of the crash. She was literally sleepwalking. That's where she had her dream sequence where she was singing in the in the jazz bar. So uh, so I'm really glad they did that. So that just confirms that, which was cool. Um, what I also liked about the episode, if you, take, if you take those elements out of the questions about the motivation of 355, I think she actually opened up quite considerably in this episode. Um, we have the opening scene, effectively, which I'll talk about a bit later on. But... Um, but we have that opening scene. There's a moment where herself and Yarrick are smiling with each other and she's saying, thanks so much for this. We needed a bit of a break. Yeah. Um, you know, and she is really hurt that moment when Dr. Mann convinces Yarrick to leave and she finds herself alone and she's doing all of this stuff. She specifically said to Yarrick, I am putting myself on the line here. I'm, I'm, I'm possibly going to die tonight all to save you. That's not a great situation for me to be in, is it? You know, and then they walk out of her. Um, she is really hurt by that. I love her reaction as well. I love that she takes it out on Dr. Mann because, you know, it's not to do with Yarrick. She's there to protect Yarrick. She doesn't need Dr. Mann interfering in her plans. She's kind of like, you keep your mouth shut. We're getting Until you to San, Francisco. to San Francisco. And when we get there, then then the job, the show is yours. But from now till then, the show is mine, effectively. So I think that really comes from a place of being hurt, that they would yeah. think anything bad of her at all. Uh, she's only done, from their perspective, she has only done everything to protect Yarrick. Um, and she stopped she's, killing yeah, that's true, yeah. But whether she's shady or not, they don't really know. No. And that shouldn't come into play. From their perspective, she has done everything to keep Yarrick alive. So I, I love that part of her character as well. Yeah, I, I love um, just the change in relationship here, that even Yorick and Alison Mann effectively saying, yeah, we need to get out of here um, after that relationship breaks down. Um, at least from Yorick's point of view, that's why he goes with with Alison Mann you know but it's it's also it's it's the the two civilians with effectively a a, a trained spy or covert Mm -hmm. um uh, agent and and that's the other thing and there's a great moment with Alison Mann where she goes you know when they're holding up in in the church where it's like this isn't home alone this is Waco there you go and that you know for, for her for Alison Mann 355 is as far away from what she does as she could possibly think of. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she is dealing with high-tech kit um, and research 
Agent 355 is designed and built and conscripted to kill and be anonymous. So, like, mm. it's just that that dynamic, isn't it, really? But I, I think Derek's right as well that I think she is starting to form a bond with Yorick, at, certainly. Uh, Alice Mann is only just on board. Yeah. You know, I, even just because she's protecting him, e- even if it's just, you know... A professional bond, um, mm-hmm. it, it's there, and so she's, she would deny that to the hilt. No, course, she would absolutely. <laughs> but the, to your point, as that she looks hurt, and it's coming yeah. from a place of being, or, or or slighted, even. Yes, that you yeah. know, it, it's that where she just sort of lays the the rules down. So right. I thought this was really good, and um, just sort of mixing up those dynamics because mm-hmm. you know, and I, I guess that's it. On on this journey, there will be ups and downs periods of high pressure low pressure and this one where all of a sudden um you know that realization that she is being looked for by three um i, I called them the the three bikers of the apocalypse from the <laughs> yeah. um yeah. but you know with a picture of her that jolts her out of that this was good to have a break mm-hmm. it was like she needed to switch on again and then and then focus and like you could see you know she was setting traps looking for stuff to set traps yeah thinking about her exits what she was going to do and then they just kind of up and leave yeah. <laughs> which you know they they don't stick to her plan that she's mm-hmm. laid out to them so and they, and they leave her behind effectively so she's all on her own um yeah there after effectively committing her life to to keeping uh Yark safe um speaking about reactions uh i absolutely love dr alison mann's um, bomb drop uh, on <laughs> on uh, three fifty five, where she goes. Um, it must be interesting being his bodyguard, and just walks away, and you see the face of three fifty five. Just the the heckles are raised, the anger is rising. Like I am not a bodyguard. I trained for decades to be in the culprit ring. I'm not a bodyguard. You know, you can see all this <laughs> this anger going up. Like this is why Doctor Alison Mann is so important in here. We had those two characters of three fifty five and Yark. Yark clearly scared of 355 to begin with being dragged all over the country by her uh, being told to shut up sit there don't do anything and Alison Mann just in the mix here just needling at them a bit um, which well, I think is I think is a lot of fun I love that opening scene and yeah, again exactly. I, meant, I meant to say you know the opening line from from Dr. Mann going do you think he masturbates because he really should I think you should tell him 355 you have a better relationship with him than I do and 355 going I am absolutely not telling him that <laughs> there's no way uh, that's a that's a callback to the comic books that is a, a constant joke effectively that that they're together for years um, and there is a, a whole masturbation joke that's going on uh, throughout it so um, so I love that they brought that in for the comic book and uh, and it just speaks to Dr. Alison Mann and the, um, I guess the the valve uh, that she doesn't have to uh, to stop talking. Uh, <laughs> Three fifty five just gives her looks. Uh, that's not the way to stop Alison Mann from uh, from pointing out the things she wants to point out. So yeah, no. loving loving her again this episode. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I think that's kind of mostly my point. I, I'm interested to see where they take us over the next four episodes mm-hmm. with the Culpa Ring, but more importantly, just with Three fifty five. Yeah, but that's my point, Johners. Do we want to talk over to your point? Yeah, mine is um, it's Nora McKenzie, Sam, and Hero really settling into their new warehouse. Uh, I, I guess, mm. uh, or or temple um, of <laughs> okay. um, yeah. you know the Amazonians. Mm. So, like we get that that they're very 
um, strong group from the comics. And we get that mm-hmm. referenced here by their, their charismatic sort of no holds bar leader, Roxanne. Um, and, but I, I think, you know, this was, as I mentioned earlier, I just thought this was really interesting. They've effectively come into the beginnings of a new, culture um and and it's one that you know is butting up against everything that they have um for themselves with the exception probably of hero in the sense that you know it is a bit like constantly the new year's eve it's like you know throughout the old and ring in the new mm-hmm. and the 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 battle cry is you know you don't have to carry what you did before yeah. uh, now and so you know, for Hero, that is hugely um, sort of attractive to her. And certainly, I know this is jumping very much to the end, but, you know, um, she, she's she's both, you know, read um, by the other women while she's having a bath, um, you know, saying, you look sad, you know, really sort of probing at her. <laughs> but then at the same time, at the end, while she sat outside having a cigarette and she's talking with Roxanne and Roxanne is almost you know she seems very flexible really it's like well you can leave if you want or you can stay you yeah. know but it, it, it's but to remember want you to stay I want you to stay yeah, you, know, it's, yeah. you can be whoever you want to be mm-hmm. here uh, you can be you um, and that's after really describing to her the events with her um, her boyfriend, the um, in the ambulance, mm-hmm. effectively, yeah. and Roxanne is a former police officer. Yeah. So this this is like new ground. She yeah, and it's cathartic for her. She she certainly doesn't want to go back to to her mom. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been delaying on that front, and I I think that was really really good. You know, the, this attraction that's possibly at least for the time being is floating around in Hero's mind. And this contrasts with Sam, who is effectively being treated like a pariah and completely outcast. Uh, You know, we have that whole thing with Kelsey where she's saying, well, I actually do like men, but I'm just pretending Mm -hmm. because I'm here and I'm safe and I've got food and I've got shelter. Um, But we see her getting beaten up at the end uh, because of her getting too close to 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 Sam uh, and and yes and specifically contravening the rules yeah so everybody was told you cannot be one on one with Sam no. and she went against that twice. exactly um so I think that's that's that part is also really important because um while we're learning about Roxanne's group right now and everything seems pretty kosher and there's a, a good uh ideology behind it I suppose leave everything behind you're here you can be a new person, uh, live the way you want to live here, and we will accept you effectively. You can see there's some elements underneath that where uh, it's a very strict regime, which is also really important when you when you've got when you're setting up a new a yeah. new uh, culture, uh, or at least half of that. Well, word. society, um, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, she even turns away, you know, a group of of four women with their child, and mm-hmm. um, so they they turn oh, them it. away. Um, they've got the starts of their own little ceremonies, you know, the ceremonial um, funeral and rebirth where one of the women oh, yeah. comes back as Athena. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and you have there where Hero stays and watches where Sam is weirded out, really, and and, and heads off. Um, and 
this is the interesting thing is that at the start of this episode, you know, you do have that really great little moment between Sam and Hero where uh, she gives him a bottle of testosterone and then there's the Xanax and all that around, yep. uh, for, for emotional therapy. And you have this really personal moment and, you know, where Hero is, you know, effectively saying how much she um cares for sam in the mm. you know the the ambulance driver wasn't she didn't lose the man she loved in, in that and mm. it's not necessarily that she loves him and we've had the the scene where they kiss but she certainly cares a lot about sam uh, and i i thought you know this kind of ju- just put up front the the dilemma that's coming into their relationship mm. here be you know because sam is effectively being isolated, yeah, uh, and he Sam can feel that, and yeah. he can feel that, yeah. And then the he other can't d- stay here, like that's not that's not the place no, for him. It's not know? at all. And but where so- can he go? That the, that then leads to the question. Exactly. Well, where can he go, and who will he go with? Because the other interesting dynamic then is just with Nora, with having her daughter there, and you know, you get that moment where Nora's kind of like going, right, I'm getting my kid out of this yeah. circle discussion about men and, and so on and you have Roxanne being very forceful um to to say you know I'm speaking to Mackenzie not you mm. now in the end she takes her, her out and comes back to apologize with a cup of tea because it's also new for her and that's the thing for for Nora it's these aren't the social norms that she remembers uh, certainly in politics which would be heavily male dominated mm-hmm. anyway so you know it, it was it that was really good and that's where we get this the, the 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 first sense of the amazonians with roxanne mentioning the amazonians from greek mythology yep. you, you have even just the choice of the name at the rebirth of athena mm-hmm. which is a greek goddess and um, and it's all it is all um sort of framed with Roxanne casually taking off her top in front of Nora to see her mastectomy that she's had um from a, a from previous um surgery mm-hmm. um and being very that's what it is and yeah. talking about how actually you know uh, with N- Nora's mom who went through the same procedure uh, who had um uh implants yeah. um that mm. You know, she says, you spend so much time battling the cancer, you forget to battle the doctors that will want to put breasts back onto you effectively. And so, you know, so the survivors seem kosher, but it's 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 a new world in in the four walls of this warehouse. And it's one where these these um, three characters of Hero, Sam and Nora are are having very different experiences Mm -hmm. Even with the sort of the conciliatory cup of tea that that Nora brings to to Roxanne, yeah. um, you she she kind of goes too much, um, and you get Roxanne saying you just give off this pe- penitent BS therapy vibe, mm-hmm. you know, stop it and and sort of be yourself yeah. and sort of you know spread your wings, rebirth, you know, so. This is, I just thought this was fascinating, yeah. really good stuff. Um, and I have to say, probably um, with the rebirth, I guess they they did um, 
shy away from the comics at this moment with the yes. rebirth. Um, in that it was simply being buried in soil and then it being washed off and, and then reborn, like a baptism, effectively. Yeah. Um, whereas the comics ha- goes down um, a, a more extreme route, I, I guess, to, to show that. Um, which connection. I think will come, which I think the catalyst being Hero or Nora, the, the one of them, mo- in my head right now, it is Nora, to prove her loyalty to this new culture. Because at the moment it's a culture. It's not at the other place yet. At the yeah. As I said, maybe half loyalty. of that word. Uh, yeah, exactly. Half of that yeah. word. The well, first half. Well, Ro- the future, Roxanne yeah. calls out Nora to say, you have to prove your worth. You have to, exactly. you have to show commitment. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm just not too sure whether they're going to go exactly as extreme. As no, Nora, but, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm not, I'm not too sure whether they do that. I love how they've incorporated into the story uh, this this idea of carrying your scars with you from the from the mastectomy. Uh, for Roxanne, it's really important to her. She didn't want mm-hmm. to have reconstructive surgery. A lot of women don't. Um, and I love that that's story is coming out but i'm not too sure whether she would enforce that on other people which is what kind of happens in the comic books um at the moment she doesn't her character doesn't seem like it would enforce it yeah and that's why it might come in through a show of allegiance from another member it might not even be nora that might be possibly too far but it depends how where nora goes on this journey and it was only really the first glimpse of seeing all three uh, and and including Mackenzie, I, I I mean I really thought you know, Quincy Kirkwood, who plays Mackenzie, was just really really good as well, mm. showing just not really how to take this in, mm. and you know looking to her mum for guidance, but also then kind of being a little nonplussed when her mum goes up to put soil on um the the woman who is later to be born as Athena, mm. so. I just thought she played it really well. And ultimately, I just feel Nora will be, it'll be Mackenzie will be at the center of what, what and why she does things. Yeah. Um, e- even with Roxanne. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how this mm-hmm. develops. Oh, she is going to develop it. There's definitely moments when, uh, when Roxanne is saying to her, you know, just stop saying it. Sorry, you need to <laughs> assert yourself here, and you can you can feel Nora taking on the lessons from Roxanne. So uh, remember back in episode one, we had that moment with the president saying, yep. "Shoot a gun," and she was shivering kind of at the idea that she would be shooting a gun. That's not going to be Nora by the end of the season. I think at this stage, we were saying maybe by season three we'll have a really strong Nora. I think it's coming much sooner than that <laughs> uh, in the show. Um, couple of things about these seeds since we're talking about them that I, I really liked. Um, anybody get any vibes of Dawn of the Dead? Um, no, definitely. Where they were oh, yeah. sat, sitting on top of the roof of the uh, yeah. of the supermarket, effectively, with their guns and their seats laying out. Love that they had their mannequins yeah. dressed up with cardboards, uh, cardboard guns to assuage anybody from coming in. Um, just I, 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 That is one of my favorite zombie movies, so I, I really like that they have that in there in this post-apocalyptic world that they've set out this area for themselves and nobody else is allowed to come in. They'll be seen for miles, uh, Really, really good setup scene. Um, I thought it was a really, really interesting one. Uh, did you see how the uh, Xanax scene played out as well, John? You mentioned the Xanax scene with Hero and Sam. Did you see how it played out? Uh, about 10 minutes later, when the women are coming up to try and get into the supermarket, you see Sam and, and Hero clearly having taken some of the Xanax, um, being surprised by it. They both go, 
whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this reaction like they've yeah. been on Xanax uh, for the last half hour uh, as well. Thought that was thought that was really good fun. Um, speaking of movie references, I missed it on your point, Chris. Uh, Predator three three fifty five in the woods. Um, love oh, that yeah. moment when she's hiding behind the tree and then the camera pans over and she disappears from behind the tree and appears behind another tree to take uh, take one of the uh, the attackers on. Um, so yeah, loving these little touches in the episode. Definitely, yeah. I won't even destroy our fellow survivors' ears with my attempt to do the predator noise. Because I, <laughs> I think I know what it is in my head. I don't think it will come out well. well as okay. soon as I found out that the the leader um, at Price Max um, was Roxanne, the name was Roxanne, uh-huh. I just... Um, yeah, so that's exactly what I thought might actually... Uh, happen and yeah. I have now proven uh, you've that. proven it right yeah. Yeah. Yes, well you done you, yes, you, you Thanks, don't John. need to put on a red light Christ Mart I really do hate the police ant sting I must say um, but we're not here to talk about police sting I do want to just close this point if that's mm-hmm. okay with, yeah. um, I'm very interested to see how they progress Hero mm-hmm and I don't. I know that's reductive because it is the TV show, and she is one of the main characters. And the yep. whole thing is her character growth and her arc and stuff. It's more what I, I'm very interested to see is will they deviate uh, from the comic books? Um, and that is what. And the reason I ask this is because they they've shown deviations. There's new characters. There yeah. is alterations, and it's, it is an, an adaptation. Mm-hmm. And based on this, I'm very this episode alone with her and Nora there, and I'm very interested to see will one take the place of the other? Mm-hmm. Will, will one share their like? I'm interested to see what like because I think this is the fun part that we're not, and this is the, the this is always the problem with any show that is adapted from a, another medium where that other medium is known. So, yeah. like the upcoming The Last of Us, like The Wheel of Time. I am well aware of all those stories. I know them quite well. Yeah. Like, So, theoretically, I am not going to be shocked by certain things. Yeah. But this is the fun part where they started, they started making changes. Mm-hmm. And some of them are standard, some of them are minor. Yeah. So we're brand new characters. So because of that, I'm interested to see essentially will they continue the path that is predestined for some of the characters well, predestined yeah. in the comic books. Yeah. Or will they deviate from that path and will we get multiverses of <laughs> well, Why the Last Man? A little a little different to that. But yes, it's an adaptation, so you're you're really intrigued to see how um the the team behind the show are gonna adapt this story yes. for a long running yeah. TV show or for a, a TV show that may run uh, a few seasons and hopefully will. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's, there's something really interesting just simply about Hero being there with other people. Um, you're right. No Nora in the comic books, no Sam in the comic books. And I think those, those two elements already Nora is very separate from Sam and Hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't even have a discussion in this episode. There's everything mm-hmm. that's going on between, uh, between Nora and, her, and, and Mackenzie, her daughter, is going on bet- for them. And then the experience of Sam and Hero is separate to them. Uh, but even having someone like, like Nora that needs to raise her game to survive in this world yeah. effectively. And that's her storyline, whatever the, whatever path that takes. And then on the other side, you have, uh, Hero, 
effectively she has her best friend that she yep. she doesn't have to take care of. So that's a wrinkle. Very different from the comic books. Hero Absolutely. was a very lost character in the comic mm. books when she came across this group. And this is a really attractive group for a very lost person. Like you mentioned, the girls when they're talking to her, uh, in the, in the, the bathing scene effectively, where they're saying to her, um, are you okay? No, no, really. Are you okay? Uh, like, yeah. I love they're, they're pushing at her and they're prodding her to find that, that kind of way in with her. What is that, uh, that they can do to help her? Inc- help her and incorporate her into this group so yeah uh, so that's quite interesting and yeah. I, and I it's, do an, love- it's a great complication yeah is sam is a great complication for hero yeah. and and what comes of it yeah. whatever yes. that may be because you can see you know here you can already see the idea of not betrayal but abandonment from hero mm. you know mm. we like sam cannot possibly stay here it it, yeah. it, it will not be good for him. Um, and certainly if, you know, he is being isolated. Yeah. Um, it's the extent to which Hero will stay or go uh, with him. Yeah, absolutely. And another call out to director of this episode for a fantastic moment where we had Sam sitting on that gigantic bed with oh, the, yeah. the staircase that has to lead up to the bed that he's sitting in, but he's there all in all on his own in this massive room, sitting on a on the bed like five or six feet off, like probably ten feet off the ground. I love how lonely that makes the character of Sam. How how out how much of an outsider it makes him. Yeah. Uh, as well, I think that's that was a great directorial uh, choice there as well. Um, one final bit, uh, just on Nora. We mentioned um, the fact that Kelsey got beaten up by the other girls, including Athena, who had just transferred to her new persona effectively they're kicking her and beating her on the ground yeah. uh, really important nora watches on she is watching through uh, she's opened the curtain watching them uh, kick yeah. kelsey on the ground and then just closes the curtain and walks away so uh, so nora knows exactly what's going on in this group as well and chooses to ignore it effectively so yeah. uh, so really important that that's part of her character too no absolutely derek what is your top moment from this episode my top moment, uh, well, my top is moment everything is, else. is everything else. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm going to use the um, the opening sequence to kind of take us through the rest of the episode. How about that? That um, sounds fair. I think it's one of the best sequences in the show so far. It's such a beautiful artistic sequence. And it gives all the characters a break from everything that's going on. And that's the purpose of it. You know, it's a moment where... Um, we hear a beautiful version of Karma Police by, by Radiohead, this, this beautiful vocal version of it, um, effectively celebrating the lost, um, something that nobody's had the opportunity to do since the start. People have been running around trying to get here, there, and everywhere, trying to fix problems, trying to find places to, to get food and survive. And this is the first episode where we have a breather for all those characters. And I love that it, that it kicks into having... 3.55 and Yarrick having a bit of a laugh. You know, as I said, uh, 3.55 going up, I'm, I'm really glad... You made a stop here. You know, they're, yeah. they're kind of going, this yeah. is a moment where we can appreciate the things that we have lost effectively. Um, but the song itself, I think, is really important for the series. And that's where, that's where I'm going to kick into the rest of the, the episodes. It's a perfect choice, uh, for the show because you've got lots of people in gray areas and the song itself, Karma Police, is about karma effectively it's about you do bad things you will get kicked for it you do good things you'll be rewarded for it that's the that's the purpose of karma police and you see throughout that song you have people getting more and more violent they're effectively saying you know you're doing something that i don't like you're going to be punished for it and it gets more and more intense in the song and ends with the 
oh, for a minute there, I lost myself. And that kind of speaks to all the story that's going on in the Pentagon. These people that are vying for power in the Pentagon, people who are vying for different positions, who are fighting with each other about things that really are absolutely unimportant in this world. The whole thing that's important is keeping the human race alive, is working out ways to save other people. It's not about who's, sta- who's sitting in the big chair in the White House and whether you're the right-hand person or, or not. All of that, all those machinations, all the stuff that's going on there, you'll be punished for it when, when, yeah. if people realize that you did that instead of saving people's lives. So that's why I think the song works perfectly yeah. for the story. Um, I mean, it's that really great little comeback from Jennifer Brown to Regina, mm-hmm. um, where she says, "This isn't a blood fuse." You know, the the mm-hmm. the par- uh, partisan politics that they're trying to keep going between Democrat and Republican, yeah. uh, even after everything's happened. She says, "This isn't blood feud. We're on the same side," and you know puts the challenge to regina make yourself useful mm-hmm. and yeah. and what are you going to do to make yourself useful and, and work together um, yeah. it, it's it's a really good moment Absolutely. which is a mistake but that's a separate discussion <laughs> yeah and I, I, I mean she has poke the bear <laughs> Absolutely. But she has underlined here that there's going to be an election in the future to decide who the future president is. Jennifer Brown has said that it will go out to the public. um, And Regina's using the old tactics. She's basically going, I will reveal to the world that you did all of these things uh, that that, that they will all hate. You made these choices and I will make sure that everybody knows. So she's already starting her smear campaign. That is the platform she's going to run on to become president. And Jennifer Brown's going to be running on the platform of look of all the things I did to get us through this bad situation. So, uh, so love that they're putting them, putting themselves at odds. Clear reference to, uh, the 45th president of the United States as well. Um, when we hear that Regina Oliver was a TV, uh, star, a TV evangelist before she, uh, yes. moved on to this. So, uh, I love that she has that line. I think, uh, I, I believe that, uh, that former president, uh, did have a similar line in the past where, um, she says, there's nothing wrong with being on TV effectively. So, uh, why do you think it's, why do you think it's that bad? Um, so I, I believe that is absolutely a reference to, uh, to the former guy. I, I think it was office. very much, it, it, it's on the nose, but to the, um, to those in the know, those who would catch it. Yeah. Let me say yeah. that. It was, it was, an, uh, it was, it was only on the second viewing that I caught it. Really? <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh, clever. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That that's clever. Well yeah. done. That's very. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it was just that I did. I had, yeah, essentially missed it on the first, and I was like, oh, okay, that. And I think there's a lot of that that I, I why I enjoy our second watches usually more than the first because you capture that some of the the nuances and the mm-hmm. subtle choices. Um. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I did like as well that they gave her. Regina Oliver, that little bit of backstory, that little bit of context, actually, mm-hmm. uh, with Kimberly at the Wall yeah. of the Fallen, and um, that actually she could have been a Democrat herself. She was born into a, yeah. a Democratic sort of uh, leaning household, but she she voted Reagan just to really just get at her mother, yeah. um, and then hasn't looked back as she said so it's just really interesting but at the same time you know there's the element of feminism there where you know she's she's saying democrats just think that feminism applies to them Mm -hmm. i'm i'm a feminist but you know i'm not considered one by other women um because of her viewpoint Mm -hmm. so that was a really you know it's that 
the, the you know the contested spaces of different philosophies Absolutely. in terms of feminism being brought up there i thought was really really good yeah, uh, yeah. as well yeah one of the other contested spaces that's brought up in the episode uh, i'll just take my cue from that john once again brought in here with kimberly we kind of yeah. thought this was going to happen uh when we heard christine being pregnant but kimberly just pushing in those ways that uh that um, that people tend to do when they when they believe they're in the right. Um, you know the the whole piece with, with Christine saying, you know, I don't know whether I'm going to keep it, and uh, Kimberly kind of cuts her off and goes, Oh no, don't worry, don't worry. We we Christians do get a bad rep sometimes, but we're really caring people. We're here and open. Um, I'll take care of the baby for you if you want me to. And Christine's got to go and hang on a second. I haven't chosen anything to do here, and you're not involved in the conversation. We're not friends. In fact, she's pretty much direct opposition to christine if there was if these were squaring off in a battle yeah. ring it would be christine versus kimberly and uh, regina versus jennifer like that that is where they where they lie but um but i like that uh kimberly's kind of trying to get the the claws in there with with christine i actually felt in this episode not say that i am having sympathy with regina but i felt like it would that you're be... having sympathy for Regina. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. But it's more when I was balancing up Kimberly and Regina, mm-hmm. it felt that there was the potential for more pragmatism and, and flexibility from Regina mm-hmm. as yeah. rather than Kimberly because Kimberly has got all the conviction of a saint, you know, yep. from, from her religion. Whereas Regina's not really she doesn't come as overly religious or or, or mm. zealous that's not to say that she's not and maybe it's just not really come out you know maybe she's yeah really because that's the thing the dynamic at the moment between them it kimberly is trying to effectively thrust herself on everyone and dominate them in yeah. in that sense you yeah. know it's like we need to work together and regina's just kind of you know playing it quite cool at that wall of the form just kind of like listening doing the conversation and so on and you don't you can't really read her very mm-hmm. well yeah um, and you know so that in itself could be really dangerous and completely undermine the 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 feeling i just got at the end of it which was that possibly regina might not be the issue here well um not to say that she won't be it was just that conversation with jennifer where she was saying there's there's look how many people are outside the gates right now what we need yeah. is tanks we need weapons and we need to and stop right them. here and jennifer's kind of going oh hang on a second that's not a good idea let's let's not start uh the putting down the iron fist here that's not the best way to deal with people who are starving and, and looking for a but way i, to I just up. mean i get uh, she's Regina is going to be, I'm not suggesting that mm-hmm. they're suddenly going to be best buds yeah. um, or BFFs. Um, it, it's just simply that she is going to challenge Jennifer. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's going to want to become the next president of the United States without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But it, it, it's the conviction and the, uh, and the Machiavellianness of Kimberly. Yeah. Because it's even, I, I, I love that whole scene with, between her and Christine. And mm-hmm. I think she's doing exactly the same as she's done with Regina and with anyone that she's trying to pull into her, her sphere. Yeah. It, it's the idea that her conviction is so strong. She doesn't believe her father swears. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing. And um, we did and, see in episode one that he does swear. Yeah. Um, so she is uh, painting a bigger, a better picture of exactly. her it's, father, it's, as we all do. It's course. the purity vision, yeah. isn't yeah. it, or, of um, or, of her father um, post his, you know, after he's died, really. Yeah. But, you know, with Christine and Kimberly, uh, you know, initially, again, it's like, 
it's just so textured you know it comes across as her kind of just wanting to um sort of adopt the baby once it's born Mm -hmm. but you know ultimately this is trying to guess it's her it's trying to undermine her uh in herself and i'm there going i can just sense that for kimberly it would be bigger things to undermine her Mm. working relationship with jennifer as well that's not to say she's not genuine about saying well you know you think it through uh, and if you want Mm. to um sort of uh not have the baby um then always think that you can continue to have it and i will adopt it effectively yeah okay it's not to say that she's not wanting to do that absolutely because Mm. you see how at a loss she is um, with losing her three sons. Yeah. But there's also the element where, you know, that is freaking Christine out and I, I, that uh-huh. it will play into um, the wider political stuff that's going on yeah. in this. Yeah. And you've just made me remember how I was going to connect uh, Cara Police into, <laughs> into Kimberly's discussion. Um, so it was just in that conversation with Christine, Kimberly says, I originally thought this was punishment from God, you know, like even the apple. We're the tainted ones in heaven. We're the ones that got men and women kicked out of the Garden of Eden is the is the perspective that she had. And we're now finally being punished for that because all the men have been taken away is the perspective of her. Uh, so that's the karma punishment effectively is the is is her connection. There you go. Uh, and then she turns it and says, now I think God is creating new life within you to show life amongst all of this death. So effectively, not only has she said uh, that she's changed her perspective on why the apocalypse happened. Now she's telling Christine that she's almost like Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's effectively saying, I'm looking at you and God has given you this baby inside you because we are in this post-apocalyptic world and he wants to show us that there can be life after the apocalypse effectively. So, uh, so that is absolutely how she's manipulating Christine or trying to at least. And remember, this is a character who's manipulated from the first moment we saw her right back from episode one. That's what she's done when she met 355. She was trying to get her on side and saying, you know, oh, I have card games with all the uh, security teams, you know. So she's someone that has always worked her way to try and get on the side of anybody uh, that can further her career or further her, her, um, abilities or power effectively in this in this uh, in this world so and she's just continuing to do that i absolutely love her in the show <laughs> really do i love her when she's on screen uh but she's uh she is some of her machinations are really difficult to take oh 100 yeah, yeah definitely there you go that's that's my point uh neatly wrapping up uh most of the other things in the episode um excellent um any notes from anyone uh i know i've just got a couple uh-huh um just w- one scene I don't know if we've mentioned, but I love Alison Mann going the body of Christ to Ampersand <laughs> yeah. with, 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 the, the, with, the, with the wafers, uh-huh. um, w- which was really just, um, you know, trying to coax him out from the carrier. I broke funny. up laughing yeah. uh, with that. I know we mentioned about the, you know, um, Predator 355, uh-huh. but the, the, the woods... Uh, was great. Um, I yes. really, really enjoyed that whole sequence. It felt very Bondy, um, very Bond esque in a sense. Yeah. You know, taking down these agents, sedating them, mm-hmm. uh, but also that one of those agents does get a good old gawk at 
at Yorick. Yes, and mm-hmm. Yorick lies about it because 355 was going to kill the agent. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And I, I, I loved how that played out in the war room in the Pentagon with Jennifer. Um, at, with Christine there, I think they hold hands underneath because either potentially her son is going to get shot mm-hmm. Or it's going to be revealed that her son has survived. So it was just really nice and tense with all that action going on um, in in the woods with the takedowns of the the three bikers of the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really interesting. You know, we have had that moment already with Nora, who's recognized hero um, out in in the wild, effectively. So it's likely that at some point somebody will see Yarrick and know exactly who he is um, straight off the bat. So uh, so even with these three agents on their tail, if they don't know who he is, if they snap a photograph of him, that could cause major trouble for Jennifer, too. So uh, so I really like that. Yeah. Indeed, one very simple note from me um, is just the the choice, um, and I, I I kind of I really don't know whether it's the actor or uh, I Ashley Romans or the actual director's choice, but when they uh, when three fifty five is sleepwalking at the top of the church, mm-hmm. there's a choice just for a single tear as she looks yes. out and she is sleepwalking. She has a single tear rolls down her cheek. Before uh, she's led back uh, by uh, Yark, yeah, yeah, uh, just, just amazing. It was just a single, single tear, and I was just like, "Oh, this is going to lead into some really deep, dark stuff." And I was just like, "All right, perfect, take me on this journey." But wow. Absolutely. And I, I love that Yark's reaction to it because he's coming up giving out to her effectively, and then sees the tear and goes. Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that I hurt you. Are you okay? Like he thinks the tear is because of him as well. So I love how that. It's the fact as well that uh, Agent 355 sleepwalks with her eyes open. Yeah. So that I was thinking she was fully awake. Yeah. Um, and maybe had even killed the three um, riders. Yeah. You know, it was just, it, it's not until that interaction with Yorick. It was even, I think, that. The first time we say it after the jazz dance, we were saying her atop of the cliff. She had her eyes open, so I was like, oh, she'd woken up beforehand. But actually, yeah. she was there asleep with her eyes open mm. um, and woke up, you know, ultimately with looking into, you know, the, the, the long fall down the cliff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So her subconscious seems to be trying to kill her, <laughs> trying to make her commit suicide. That's not cool. Um, interesting, interesting for uh, for the rest of the season. Um, one final point for me then, um, just because we didn't mention it. Uh, Regina kind of deals with something in a little piece of dialogue in this episode. We uh, we thought there was a ba- massive threat to Jennifer's presidency um, with Regina being returned to office. Uh, she effectively says all the women are standing with, uh, with Jennifer and that's yeah. why she's not president. So she li- literally that is dealt with now until the election happens, which Jennifer has confirmed is going to happen in the future. But it's really important to note that effectively now Regina doesn't have any specific um, ability to get into that seat right now. There has to be some option for her to become president. And the option that's been put there is we'll eventually have an election. So, yeah. uh, So there you go. Just thought I'd mention that. Eventually. (laughs) Okay. Good stuff, everyone. Um, Let us get into what our thoughts are overall thoughts of the episode were yeah. Derek what did you think of this episode of Why the Last Man 
Love it. My favorite episode so far. Um, all you have to do is put Radiohead in, a, in an episode of a show and it's my favorite. No, uh, no, genuinely, uh, I loved how the episode was structured, loved uh, what was going on and loved the uh, the elements that we're learning about all the new characters. And of course, the quartet that we have, the central quartet of of, uh, of Yark, Ampersand, um 355 and Dr. Man. I think they're working really well together for me in the show and uh, exactly as I enjoyed them in, in the comics. But we have all the rest of the characters now, uh, all the, the ensemble cast who are working really well for me. I'm really enjoying the stories. I'm really enjoying how ev- all of the gray areas that the show is exploring. Um, nobody is a simple character in this show and I like how it's coming across. We're yeah. four more episodes for, for the show and I think there's still loads more story to tell uh, about what's going on in this new world and it's really good for me. Loving it. Loving it. How about yourself, Chris? I really enjoyed this. Um, it, even for the, the, the s- relatively slow um, like the, we got some major plot points, but like we're not, we are on a long cross country journey. Um, this is not James Bond. This is not action set piece, action set piece, bit of dialogue, action set piece, action. Like there, there, this is, this is, um, a, a bit more a talky talky. Uh, it's a L- drama show, Chris. Yes. It's a drama show. Yes, exactly. But it can also be a drama action. Like look at Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan. We got action. Um, maybe that. Probably some may say too much action in season two, but that's a different show. We're not talking about it here. Bringing it back, I I am enjoying it. I think um, again, as we discuss it more on these in these review in these discussions, I I start to enjoy it more, mm-hmm. even more than my initial viewing or my second viewing. My one question is the choice of making. Twisting three fifty five to become more or more questionable, um, and I, I just, I think it's a choice. It's whether that choice will pay off. I mm-hmm. think is going to be, and I know I'm talking, literally, as you said, we have four episodes, we have four, just under four hours, maybe, maybe three and a half hours to get there, and I think that's going to be the interesting thing where we end up at the end of this season, because I think, as I said. They are diverging in certain parts from the what I know as the comic book, so I want to see where they take that choice or those or diverge even further. Um, but yeah, so therefore, I, yes, I overall I enjoy it, and I would uh, say that it is quite a good episode and watch. Yeah, but just to confirm for the non-comic book readers, there there are questions over three fifty five because she's a member of the Copper Ring in the comic books. That is part of the story. That is, excuse me, sorry. Right? Yes, to, that that is exactly yes. That is part <laughs> yeah. of it. I just yeah. think they they're potentially leaning slightly heavier into it in this episode. That yeah. would be the thing. Yeah. yeah, John, what do you think of this episode? Yeah, I r- really, really like this uh, episode. I would give it four and a half googly eyes out of five. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I thought the opening was just that nice little breath. Um, I thought everything going at the Price Max warehouse was just so tense mm-hmm. and sort of on edge. Um, yeah. And I think Roxanne, played by Missy Pyle, is just really great in mm. uh, the the character. I, I love the the complication of Sam and Hero, um, Nora and Mackenzie. That that it's that's really intriguing to yeah. me. I love that they've continued three fifty fives sort of her 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 kind of weirdness in a way as to you know what is this. 
she's she's doing a lot of internalizing and i guess yeah. it's part of her training but the the stuff here that she's just not telling anyone it's not necessarily about yorick it's not necessarily about allison mann or the present it's about her and it's about the organization that she works for um and the culpa ring and i love how that's playing out and you know beginning to at least have in this episode have um questions on the relationship to the point where they both Alison Mann and um Yorick were going to sort of make their own way mm-hmm. that they feel she is becoming unhinged yeah I love that moment. I completely forgot to mention it as well. I love that moment when Yorick goes, but you told me to do it. I talked to Man and she's like, I didn't tell you. I slightly, I slightly recommended it. <laughs> yeah. you took your own decision. She was really convincing. He's such a child. <laughs> it, it, like, such a yeah. child. But so was she as well. That, that's what I mean. She was, she was taking no responsibility for it. She just kind of said, no, I suggested it. You made the decision. And you're going, no, no. She was really forceful about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, the, the just, it's these different melting pots, isn't it? And it's really yeah. creating great uh, dramatization, characterization, yeah. uh, and, and complexity around it all. Uh, and some of these, you know, are going to begin to connect in. Um, and the, the same uh, applies for me for, for the Pentagon. So this was really a really great episode. Um, I'll give it four and a half googly eyes out of five. Excellent. Ooh, excellent. I know. Oh, googly eyes. And it was Alison Mann that uh, used that phrase uh, mm-hmm. in this episode where she was saying that Yorick was googling a little too much <laughs> at uh, Agent 355, yeah. potentially in love. I love uh, how Dr. Mann says that as well because she's kind of going... I have a face. I know that when you look at me, you don't look at me like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's uh, uh, yeah, really good. Uh, before we go to feedback, I want to give a quick shout out to Run for Your Lives podcast, who covered uh, the the Day of the Dead from 1970s and the most recent Day of the Dead. Um, I was listening to their podcast earlier on this week just before I watched this episode, which is why I was suddenly picking up all the Day of the Dead references in the episode. I love Day of the Dead, but I just haven't seen it in a while. I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to uh, to um, Pake and Daphne over there uh, for their excellent podcast because it got it all in my mind for this episode. Is that so, the Snyder one? The Day of the Dead Snyder uh, remake of the yes. uh, George Romero. Okay. Yes, yeah. they yeah. covered both of those this week over there over their podcast. Yeah. So uh, I, I love the original, and the Snyder was as good but completely different. But yes, was as good in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah, Absolutely. it was. But guys, let us get on to our feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, we have. Facebook feedback over on our group. Uh, you can head on over there to our spoiler uh, comments uh, and posts that we put up uh, for every episode of Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. Just head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries, assuming it's up and running, of course. <laughs> um, first up, we have Wendy Art Eppers who says, I haven't been able to keep up, so I'm never in time to leave feedback. But I'm loving the show, and your podcast is great. Thanks so much for your feedback, Thanks, Wendy. Wendy. Um, and no problem at all um, if you're you're not in time. But we thought we would we would read this out just so that you have some feedback on there. And we're really pleased that you're enjoying the show and the podcast mm-hmm. uh, discussions as well. Yeah, especially if you're giving good feedback. If you yeah. if you're ha- if you <laughs> if you're happy with the show, it's even better. Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Thanks, Wendy. Great to hear from you as well. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for your thoughts. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips was talking about last week's episode, episode five, which just aired on Disney Plus uh, over here in uh, in Europe this week. Uh, he says that was an excellent episode, oddly full of hope with the decently done Chardonnay exposition <laughs> moment between Yarrick and Dr. Mann about variations of sexual characteristics to the unquestioning and open offer for Yarrick to access a group of trans guys through to the fetal heartbeat and the battle of the three-figure figure agents, where we saw that even those given digital IDs can be hoodwinked into thinking they are the special one by a player. Ooh, that's a really interesting breakdown of that episode, Dr. Bob. Yes, thank you, Dr. Bob. I, I have to ask, are you uh, John to Dr. Mann and her views on genetics? End of, end of society. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Bob. Yep, thanks so much, Bob. Over on email, we have an email from the one and only Victor who had this to say. Greetings, survivors. I see why still has curious wanderlust, despite 355's warnings. Mm-hmm. I think Dr. Man is weird, Al. <laughs> is 355 sleepwalking a result of past trauma combined with culpa ring training and conditioning? Is Roxanne's group becoming something else with all the reincarnations with Greek names? Nice to see Allison doing something useful by knocking out one of the soldiers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would seem Regina has officially thrown the gauntlet and Jennifer has accepted. Keep the faith, survivors. Victor Von Doom. Thank you, Victor. Yes. I have to, you are raising some good questions, mm-hmm. and I suppose only time will tell. Um, and, but there is a mixture of yeses and noes in all of those. <laughs> no, can you be specific there, Chris? Well, I think I suppose, Chris is running for political office there. Yeah, I am. I am. I, I must, I, I am going to slightly, I'm going to kiss some babies. Um, but no. Is 355's sleepwalking a result of past trauma? The assumption potentially would be yes. But again, yes and no's and a maybe. <laughs> yes and no. You choose which ones you think are right and Chris will uh, will take your vote at the next Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think certainly Roxanne's group is becoming um, a certain reincarnation of Greek mythology. Mm. Whether it goes uh, full-on comic is another matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Man is not Weird Al, uh, by the way. Uh, did anybody see uh, Weird Al Yankovic's reaction to a an episode of a TV show appearing on his uh, on his uh, DVR last week saying Weird Al is dead? <laughs> he was really surprised uh, by it appearing and uh, was was retweeting it out uh, to the to all the <laughs> He's going, going, am I dead? Hang on am a second. <laughs> uh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> was it there? There was another. It was it happened last year or this year. Time is weird. Um, mm-hmm. I do remember there was another well-known celebrity who was trending on Twitter because everyone thought he was dead and he had to come out and say he wasn't dead. <laughs> um, I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was a, Sadly, hmm? that happens quite a lot um, yeah. when, when people trend on Twitter uh, and fans of uh, of major stars t- like to get them trending on Twitter talking about, you know, their movies or TV shows or or music that they've created over time and then suddenly it appears in trending and everybody goes, oh my God, that person's dead. <laughs> so, uh, so no, but, uh, luckily that's not happening. No, but I do like your wordplay, Victor, on mm-hmm. uh, Doc, Dr. Man is Weird Al. Yes, Weird Allison. Yes, yes, like that, like that. Thanks so much, Victor, and thanks to everybody for your feedback. We have one final piece of feedback for this week. We have a voicemail in from Steve Brown. Hey guys, it's Steve, and this is uh, for Why the Last Man, uh, episode six. Is that does that say Weird Al is dead? Man, that's tragic. Weird Al, I guess he's a man, so yeah. <laughs> what a weird question. Do you think he nasturbates? 
<laughs> she just said Agent 355 has a locker combination instead of a name. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, he said, rest in peace, Weird Al. It's not really technically the title of the episode, so I can't do a mic drop for that one. I have to mention, because um, she said it so many times in the last episode, now he's told her to put her mask on. <laughs> he just said, pull a home alone on him. <laughs> Great. This conversation between Regina and Kim um, reminds me of what Derek, I think you were talking about the fact that that technically, since Jennifer was promoted to Speaker of the House, she was technically in line to be the president. Okay, is Beth saying she didn't lose the man she loved because she didn't love him or because she knows he's alive? I'm confused. This whole conversation with Beth and Sam has been great. And I can see that he's, you know, um, not seen or there's a suspicion, suspicion for him. Yeah. With these women. Dang. How tragic is that to, to be a mother willing to sacrifice your child? Oh, this is just harsh. <laughs> she's a covert, I don't know what, and she's making this up as she goes along. You, I mean, you've got a point, but at the same time, she's the most capable of the three of you. Mm-hmm. Dang, that was amazing. Missy Pyle just delivered this monologue about being a woman in this in this apocalyptic time. Wow, she just nailed it. Wow. <laughs> I know it's been a bit, but um, Dr. Man offering... The wafer to the the monkey <laughs> and the body of Christ. It's hilarious to me. Okay, did I miss something? What is this ritual they're doing to Laura? Okay, so it's it's like a baptism and they change her name. This is a weird cult. <laughs> Sam just said that. Oh, I love it. It's not that uh, she's trapped out there with them. They're trapped out there with her. So I just realized the president is the only one that she knows that Agent Bergen is not her real name. Wow. Okay. That ending. Yeah. Straight up. I don't know. Yeah. You guys going to help, have to help me with this one. Excellent, Steve. Hopefully we've helped you, uh, throughout the episode there. Uh, yeah, there's just one thing to, to comment on, uh, from that. Um, when Hera says she wasn't with the man that she loved, I think she's saying, you know, at least it wasn't a guy I loved that I killed. Um, it was just some guy I was sleeping with who had a wife and kid and was breaking up with me effectively. I think that's what she was saying. What do you think? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, but I, as well, it was the look to, to, to Sam that, mm-hmm. that suggested, you know, not necessarily that he's the one that she loves, but mm-hmm. she loves him from a caring point of that's view. True. You know, it's a good job that he, he wasn't the one that, or that, be, you know, if he did have a Y chromosome, you know, she's basically saying, I'm really lucky. The one man I care about yeah, that's true. Is, is still alive. Yeah. And um, which is, I just thought was a really uh, nice moment between the two of them, which, mm-hmm. which ultimately, you know, starts to look a little tenuous when you get to that final scene with Hero and Roxanne. Yeah. And um, because, you know, you can sense she doesn't want to go to Washington. We know that. And here is acceptance, um, cathartic for her, but also from the group, because you don't have to carry what you did before now. You can be yourself. It's a mantra, you know? Yeah. Dr. Mantra. Well, indeedly doodly. (laughs) I I, did really enjoy this. Um, That scene, as you said, it's for me, though, we still don't have a good enough reason from Hero 
as to why she does not want to go to Washington to see her mum. Mm. It's just aside from that fight, what, a couple of years ago? Like, it's that, 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 the argument, that's it. Yeah. So. I guess if you're the president's daughter, um, that comes with a whole ton of responsibility that uh, that hero won't want. But she certainly hasn't said it. You're right. There's been no moment that she said it in the show. But yeah. if you're if you're living in Washington, then you're the daughter of a of a politician as well. There well, say it's like Chelsea Clinton, or, or you know, mm. they're in this harsh limelight mm-hmm. and and being projected with their parents and and yeah. so on. I mean, it, it must be horrific. I know at university, um. Chelsea Clinton came uh, where I was going, and all of a sudden the security, certainly around that college, yeah. not so much um, uh, for, for for mine, um, was just mental. Yeah, I mean, and it is. So I could just imagine it. It's nuts. Yeah, I can see yeah. here. I might not want a piece of that as well, but uh, especially now that you've that her mother's been elevated to president. Um, but there you go. Right. Thanks so much, Steve, uh, for your life. Steve, really enjoyed that. Uh, it's always fun to hear the roller coaster of, of emotions as you're going through the episode. Really good stuff. Thanks again for joining us. If you do want to get in contact with us, like all of our wonderful fellow survivors, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Yeah, we're also on Twitter at tvpodindustries. And of course, please um, support us uh, in any way you want to, you can subscribe to the podcast on any podcast catcher of your choice. Mm-hmm. We're on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries, uh, where you can provide regular amounts, any amount you, you wish to. Uh, and of course, we're on buymeacoffee.com forward slash TVPI as well for one off uh, contributions. Uh, any which way uh, supporting the podcast is sharing the love and, of course, sharing the podcast. So uh, thanks so much to everyone who who provide that support and all the the feedback and theories as well. Yes, we really do appreciate any and all support. Um, we will be back next week for, obviously, episode seven of uh, Why the Last Man, but also we will be back with the final episode of Marvel's What If, uh, and as well doing the finale of our pub quiz and drawing the name. If you want to be in, don't forget you can go on over to tvpodcastindustry.com and check out where the pub quiz and all the questions and get your answers in by end of day Wednesday next week. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with, as I said, Why the Last Man, episode 7, my mother saw a monkey next week. Mm-hmm. My mother saw a monkey. Ooh, that sounds like um, Kimberly's mother might have seen Ampersand. I think it she might be. Yorick. She did. Yeah. And Yorick was chasing Ampersand. Uh, potentially that's uh, leading on from that story. That'll be really interesting. To that see. will be uh, very good. More machinations to do with monkeys uh, in the Pentagon <laughs> next time. More monkeys in the Pentagon. That's just what we need. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow survivors. Keep watching, keep listening, and keep yourselves safe. Keep surviving. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye.